Good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a beautiful day. Welcome to the live stream. My name is Cub Cooker. Welcome to the Cub Cooker podcast. And uh, as we connect here, we get a few people jumping on. Today, we're going to be talking about decoding faith through the book of Enoch. So <clears throat> it is raining very heavily here in West Texas this morning. So if you have uh, connection issues or if I'm having connection issues, let me know and uh, I will do my best to uh, try to get this thing back online here. So uh, what is up, Vintage? Thanks for being here. User 90, thanks for joining. Daniel Latimer, thank you for being here. Marta, what is up? Welcome. Theodore, thanks for joining. Uh, Christian Abercrombie, what is up? MW, thank you for being here. RDW, thanks for joining. Um, I am hanging out this morning in the rain and we are going to be talking about Book of Enoch as we continue this study on Book of Enoch. So, uh, Karen Rankin on Facebook, Benita, thank you for being here. Love you guys so much. Thank you for joining. Uh, thanks for spending time with me on this, uh, this beautiful rainy morning and wherever you are, maybe it's raining or not. I know a big portion of the U.S. is getting rain this morning, so, um, but anyway, thank you guys for the likes. So hopefully the connection stays good. You guys drop me comments. I hope that Facebook comments are back. Um, they've been weird. And for some reason, even though I have it set where everyone can comment, I've gone through all my settings. I still have reports of people saying, hey, I can't comment. It says restricted comments. So I don't know what that's about. Facebook's rolling out new features and everything. So bear with me on that. Uh, so you can jump over to TikTok or you can go over to the YouTube channel after I repost it on YouTube and check it out over there. So Randy, what is up? Morgan, thank you for being here. So why is the book of Enoch important to decoding our faith? Uh, there's a few reasons. Number one is it was left out of the Bible. And um, <clears throat> my opinion on that, this is purely opinion. My opinion is that it was left out because it was it was just too weird. Um, because uh, could you read Apocrypha next if that's not, uh, if not, that's okay. Yes, I would definitely love to uh, read that as we get through Book of Enoch here. Uh, there's tons of stuff that we can go down the rabbit hole. So that's really what this channel is for. Um, I'm not here to um, like replace a church service or anything like that. Um, I'm going to tell you stuff that you're not going to hear in church. I'm going to share stuff with you that um, has been lost to time and tradition. And so that's really what I'm here for, uh, to awaken a part of you uh, that's maybe maybe been forgotten, maybe been lost. A part of you that is more supernatural, a part of you that is more cosmic, a part of you uh, that I believe God created in us and that we, again, through time and the matrix that we live in has just been lost. So, and sorry about the, uh, the branded cup this morning. I'll try to keep the logo turned to the side. <clears throat> drinking my coffee this morning. So we're going to be into chapter five, book of the words of righteousness in Enoch. And what you're going to see today as I read Enoch, I think the words will A, come alive in you and B, uh, they're going to haunt you for a while. Now, when I say haunt you, I don't mean like a paranormal ghost haunt you. 
I mean, you're going to have them in your head and you're going to go, what does that mean? What, how does this all fit in? How does this fit in with the biblical stuff that we know? Um, and if you're brand new to the channel, welcome. First off, we welcome all, all walks of faith here. There is no, uh, no judgment, no, uh, wall up here with ideas and open-mindedness and being able to talk. So, uh, we have everyone from, uh, Christian faiths to Muslim faiths to agnostic to, uh, Hindu. We've got everything here. So if you're at all curious about Enoch, if you're at all curious about kind of the other side of the coin when it comes to faith and spirituality, that's exactly what I'm here to do. So, uh, Yoan TV says, uh, dude, you're doing an awesome job. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, Leonard uh, Whipple, now total BS. Hey, Leonard, you don't have to be here. Love you, brother. Um, there's plenty of church channels you can go watch if you want kind of that brand of uh, faith. Go for it. Um, and, and I get that comment all the time, guys. So that's part of what I'm here to address today. This is not for everyone. What I'm teaching, what I'm sharing is something that is, it's not new. This is an old book that we're going through, the book of Enoch. Uh, this is uncomfortable. Uh, this is challenging, but it is potentially life-changing, and it has been life-changing for me. And I feel opposition all the time spiritually that something is trying to stop me from teaching this. I mean, there's day even today the internet down. I had to reset the internet. Um, I was just arguing with myself all morning. Should I do this? Should I just go to church? What do I do? Um, so there is something going on spiritually with, uh, this information once it needs to come out. And I believe God has put it on my heart to share it with people. So we're going to start reading today, but real quick, I want to share about the book of Enoch, what it is. If you're brand new, I want this to kind of be a point in this study where if you want to go back and watch everything that we've done already, great. Uh, it's all on the podcast, everything at cubcooker.me. You can buy the book of Enoch. You can join the study on the podcast there and on the YouTube channel and go back and watch as many as you want. Uh, but today will be a great point forward. If you're just now joining, let's let's start together today because I promise you guys, if you open up your heart and mind, this will change your life in a, in a way that... Uh, you won't look back. And every time you read the Bible or any spiritual text from now on, it's going to make a lot more sense and you're going to start to put stuff together. But it will require abandoning all preconceived notions of your faith and spirituality. And if you're ready to do that, if you're ready to really lay all of that on the line and say, I want to know truth, I want to understand this big picture that we're a part of, that's exactly what I'm here for. So I'm Wiccan, but I would love to hear this. All paths lead to God. I feel like all rivers run to the ocean. You know, I think that's a universal principle. Uh, I believe in the universal Christ. I believe Christ was universal. I don't believe he was a Christian figure. I don't believe he was a Jewish figure. Uh, I don't believe he was a, a Buddhist figure. I believe he was Christ. He was the universal Christ. And he came to do a universal act of love and kindness and sacrifice and save us from the oppression of the gods. I literally believe that there were gods on the earth controlling humanity. We see that in archaeology. We see that through um, our timelines that are laid out, things that we can't explain. You can see all the cave paintings. You can see all the 
hieroglyphs and petroglyphs and everything where people experience paranormal and supernatural. They experience the control of the gods and even the help of the gods. Uh, uh, Rasslin says, well said. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So that's why I'm teaching this. And for, for good or bad, this, this message is coming out through me. Um, and I'm just a willing vessel to say, all right, Lord, let's, let's do this. Um, because a normal pastor, a normal minister would just say, no, there's too much on the line with my, um, you know, my paperwork, my schooling, my school of theology, whatever. Uh, they would just say, no, let's, uh, we'll, we'll leave that to someone else. You know, let's, uh, it's not a salvation issue. I hear that all the time. It's not a salvation issue. But I argue that it is a salvation issue because if we don't understand this and what I'm about to read, guys, Enoch is literally mind blowing. When you understand that salvation is not because we're bad, it's because we were hijacked. It's because we had a pure spiritual being that God, that El Most High created, and that being was hijacked by the gods, by the sons of God, by the angels, the fallen angels, and we're about to see that in Book of Enoch here. So, buckle up if you're brand new to the study because things get weird and wonderful. And again, I promise uh, you're going to come away with a whole new understanding of what all of this is about. Every time you walk into a church or a synagogue or a temple or a mosque or whatever, from now on, you will be different if you read this book with me. So, Book of Enoch. Okay, the Book of Enoch also won Enoch. Um... Enoch is the great-grandfather of Noah. Enoch contains unique material on the origins of demons and Nephilim. Nephilim being giants. Um, and why some angels fell from heaven. And the explanation of why the Genesis flood was morally necessary and prophetic exposition of the thousand-year reign of the Messiah. Again, Enoch ties to the Messiah. Enoch ties to Christ. And again, I believe Christ is a universal Messiah, not one that you have to walk into a Christian church and receive him through this type of, you know, one, two, three. I believe he came to unlock our consciousness, unlock our salvation, unlock our inner light, and allow us to change the world and build a better world. And the king, he said the kingdom is within um, and then we, we look and we, we try to look at the kingdom of heaven coming. The kingdom of heaven, I believe, will come physically. We'll see it. I believe it'll be physical and spiritual and be able to transmute into both realms. Uh, but the kingdom of God is something that's already within us. And that kingdom of God is the kingdom. It's the kingdom that uh, will replace every world government, every uh, construct in the universe, I believe. Uh, so as weird as that might sound, all of this starts to make sense when you read Genesis, when you read Enoch, when you understand the flood of Noah, you understand what Christ was really saying. And by what Christ is really saying, I'm talking about while he walked the earth, he spoke in code. He spoke in very esoteric sayings and parables. He said, I speak in spiritual things so that those who are not spiritual will not understand. And that's exactly what he did. And if we look at what he says, it's easy to turn that into a dogmatic religion easily and replace the old law with a new set of substandards. Um, and that's that's been my problem with faith and religion and church and everything from the get-go, 
And I still go to church. I still have faith. It's not that. It's, uh, but I see that there is more here and that that more is actually really simple. That more is actually really beautiful and sublime. Uh, and that more is not about having to study and be a bookworm and spend your entire life just digging through scripture, but it is about becoming a student of scripture and a student of spiritual knowledge, a student of the risen Christ. And that is important for me personally, because um, no matter whether you work a 40 hour week, 60 hour week, 80 hour week, uh, you have an opportunity to listen to books on tape now, books on, excuse me, digital audio books. Uh, that, that really dates me there. I'm from the 90s. So the book on tape and all the self-help stuff uh, listen to on car rides and stuff while you drive to Florida on vacation. That's, uh, that's kind of the era I come from. So, uh, but audiobooks have been life-changing for me. So a lot of what I'm sharing is not me just sitting here all day. Now I do this full time, mind you. Um, but I don't just sit here all day and go through and highlight and make notes. I listen to stuff. I listen to podcasts. I listen to a uh, book on audio, audiobooks uh, through Audible. You can get Book of Enoch through the audiobook over on my webpage, cupcooker.me. Um, and it's a great way for you to just start passively growing your spiritual knowledge and understanding things that Christ would have understood in his timeline and in his place. He even quoted uh, phrases from the Book of Enoch. Uh, now, the Book of Enoch we have now is an amalgamation of a bunch of different texts that were found. It is pseudepigrapha before everyone says, oh, it's not biblical, it's not, it's not real. Pseudepigrapha means that it is um, written, penned by someone else uh, under the name of Enoch. Now, Enoch did not sit down and write this, but those stories would have been passed down. And, and there's a lot of books in the Bible. I think there's like seven or eight books in the Bible that are pseudepigrapha. So, so that doesn't have any bearing on whether it's biblical or canonical. Uh, canonical meaning uh, a group of men decided hey, what goes in the Bible? What is good for the church and what is good for the people to teach? And what do we feel is God-inspired? Um, and so they chose that. Now, the church in Ethiopia still has the Book of Enoch in it. You can still get Bibles with the Book of Enoch. Uh, the Et Sefer has Book of Enoch in it. Um, so, again, a lot of arguments I get on here, hey, it's not biblical. It's not biblical, so... Uh, I think the Book of Enoch is on YouTube. Yes, Robert, it is. Um, you can listen to like the whole thing on YouTube. Um, I Again, I like audiobooks because I can pause them and stop them and come back. And it's, it's a rather long book. Also, Reversing Herman by Dr. Michael Heiser uh, is on my reading list in the book club for this. So um, you can get that on my website as well. That's one of the best books. It's a scholarly book. Uh, but he explains it in more or less layman's terms where we can kind of understand what he means when he talks about Enoch leading to Christ and the fallen watchers coming down on Mount Hermon to mess with the human genetic code to create their own uh, race of beings. Now, is this exact truth? Is this exact historical truth or not? I don't know. I'm not here to tell you that. But I do say look at... Sumerian creation stories, look at Hebrew creation stories, look at pagan creation stories, look at all of these creation stories kind of add up to there was a good being, a good God 
that created light beings or spiritual beings. And then that, that creation was taken by a maker or makers by the gods fashioned out of clay, put into a world where a law had to rule. And ever since then, we're trying to get back to the light being. We're trying to get back to that ascension to the one true consciousness, the one true God. And so whatever you believe, uh, whether it's this exact canon of, yes, there were 200 watchers. Yes, they descended on Mount Hermon. Or you believe the, hey, in the garden was the separation. The serpent was a being from the stars that wanted to create man in the flesh and give them something to create them into the flesh uh, rather than that perfect being to walk with God. Whatever you want to believe, uh, that's totally up to you. And there's so many different accounts of it. A lot of the accounts line up so closely, but with key little differences, you could go crazy researching all of this. So the bottom line of this is faith first, uh, believing that there is a loving consciousness, a God consciousness that I believe is El Elyon, uh, God Most High is what that's translated to. There is a school of thought. I have to give all of this because this is kind of a jumping off point for everyone going forward here. There's a school of thought that Yahweh is different from El Elyon. Now, that is not what we're taught in the Christian church. That's not what we're taught in uh, the Jewish faith. That's not what we're taught in Western evangelical beliefs at all. What we're taught is that Yahweh is the most high. I do not necessarily believe that from the research I've done that's a whole rabbit hole we could all go down together at some point. Uh, but I believe Yahweh was one of the sons of El, sons of the Most High, uh, along with Baal and along with a bunch of other gods. Uh, according to the Sumerians, there were like 70 children of El. Um, and then you have El's wife, which is Sophia. Um, a lot of people consider that the, the, the Logos energy of God or the feminine energy, and that that was Christ incarnate. Um, I tend to agree with that. Again, that doesn't change who Christ is. That doesn't change the salvation issue so much as understanding that uh, he was the word of God incarnate. Um, and he came to show us what that looks like. And he came to sacrifice himself as a final sacrifice to the gods. Uh, the day of reckoning talks not about the day of reckoning from our sin and destroying sinful people. It talks about taking back ownership of the spiritual beings from the gods, the physical gods that came down. There were created beings as well, but much higher than us, much higher of a creation than us, uh, because they're angels, they're sons of God, they're gods. They came down on Mount Hermon. They created their own race with the daughters of men. Uh, it said that they found them attractive and that they actually took them as wives. So there has to be something there because we hear this in a lot of different subcultures. You hear it in Greek mythology. You hear it in Sumerian mythology. You hear it in Jewish uh, mythology. So there's a lot of different places this comes from. So um, that the daughters of men were beautiful and the gods decided, or the angels, or the sons of God decided to create their own race with them. So they came down on Mount Hermon, and then God is passing judgment. The Most High is passing judgment on these angels. And this is a lot of where we get the judgment of man from. 
because of what God is saying to the watchers and the judgment and the chains, chains and the fiery pits. When you look at actual judgment for human souls, it's not our flesh, it's our spirit. And our spirit will either go back into the energy of the universe, back into God, back into that collection to be recreated in a perfect body, a perfect heavenly body where we will be as the angels, it says, or it will be thrown into the outer darkness. And so if you go through biblical uh, mythologies and understandings of what um, you know hell or Hades is, what the afterlife is, you're going to get a lot of different pull points. You're going to get a lot of different mythologies. You have Sheol, you have the outer darkness, you're going to have uh, a lot of different beliefs in that. So Enoch gets into a lot of those a lot deeper. And the reason I believe it was left out, especially in the Western church, like I said, it's part of the church in Ethiopia. But the reason I believe it was left out is because it's weird. It is super, super weird. And guys, if it's weird, it's wonderful. And if, if it's weird, it's important. Because we do not live in a normal reality. And, and nobody on here watching right now can honestly step forward and say, yeah, everything we see is real. Everything we experience is real. Uh, the physical world is all there is. Anyone that has ever experienced a lucid dream, anyone that's ever experienced uh, being alone on a mountainside and hearing the voice of God, hearing the wind, hearing the whisper of angelic realms and realizing that we're not alone. Um, it's not denial. It's not fabrication. It's very real. And you start to see the veil separate the more you focus on it. Uh, now that can lead to scary, scary things. Things that a lot of people would call, oh, it's demonic. Um, and it's not always so much that you're bringing demonic things into your life as the demonic realms don't want you to start to understand this. And they're going to warn you. They're going to flash at you. They're going to uh, try to get you to turn around. And I've experienced that before too. And now I'm not practicing any kind of weird incantations or anything like that to try to harness the energy of the demonic realms. That's a whole different ball game. And I have to say this stuff because a lot of you guys have argued with me in the comments, uh, for good reason, because you know, it is a dangerous thing and I don't want to lead anyone into that. But looking at the hierarchies of the heavenly realms and understanding what we're actually dealing with and understanding our place in all of this is important to understanding the true mission of Jesus Christ. And that's my mission to help reveal that. Um, so Paul Williams, what is up? Steve Arm, thanks for being here. Amber, thank you for joining. Uh, i got a lot of people on Facebook here. I don't see any Facebook comments, guys, so I'm sure it's not working still. I apologize about that. I will reach out to Facebook and see if we can get our comments back on, on, uh, Facebook here. So, um, yeah, I can't, I can comment, but I don't see that anyone else can. So, um, okay. So that's, that's Enoch. That's where we're at. The angels come together, 200 of them. They descend on Mount Hermon. They decide, which by the way, Mount Hermon is very important in a lot of biblical texts. Some people even believe it may be where the biblical Mount Sinai was. Um, there's a lot of lore around it and still weird things that are experienced. UFO activity, paranormal activity, stuff like that on this mountain. So uh, it was a very important mountain in the time of Christ. It was a very important mountain now. 
Um, so they descend on Mount Hermon. And, and understand when you hear descend, and then we have kind of your Roman theology coming out where you see the, the wings on the man, and that's the angel now. Uh, a lot of times in ancient culture, when they would put wings on a man, it was to represent that they could fly. They had no way to represent flight or lift without that. So to say someone came from the stars, they automatically had wings put on them. But then you see a lot of the more primitive peoples, and they're actually drawing little flying saucers or little orbs with fire coming out of the bottom. There's a lot of, again, all of this connects, and we've got to kind of strip away our thought about angels being winged winged creatures uh, and rather those wings representing flight. So I'm going to go ahead and start reading chapter five, Book of the Words of Righteousness. And we've read some of this, but I want to kind of go back in time and let's just kind of pick up where we were. So we've got a new race of Nephilim on the earth, which are giants, and they are starting to uh, rule humanity with an iron fist, literally. And they, um, they're causing problems, they're causing wars, they're causing um, you know, division in communities and uh, depletion of food supplies. And we've got to understand here, too, we're not talking about a couple of big guys on the earth. We're talking about an entire race that uh, God had to bury in the mud at some point. And I don't even think we've found these things yet. I think he buried them so deep down, we may never find them. Now, there's some evidence that they've found giant bones and stuff. But you can put that in the pseudoscience category pretty easily if you look too far. So I don't really like to think that we've even found any of these giants yet. So, um, But I do believe they were real. I do believe they were here. And I believe God buried them so deep um, that we may never find them. And, and what we have found has been maybe a few of them. Because we had Goliath. We know he was giant. Um, and... And to understand a giant is to understand the hybridization of human DNA, human, uh, the genome. Uh, sorry, I'm not going to go live with anybody right now. I'm kind of in the middle of teaching, but I appreciate that. Um, so the hybridization of the human genome um, into an angelic genetic line. And so... Um, I believe what Christ did was to repair that genetic uh, issue that these watchers caused with humanity. So uh, from the fall of man to this, you have multiple instances where the gods and the angelic realms are messing with humanity because they desire to be worshipped too or they desire to have their own control um, just because they're created uh, in this angelic realm with abilities that we don't have doesn't mean that they can't be good and bad. And we like to just throw the word demonic out there. Well, demons, according to the book of Enoch, come from the souls of the unalived Nephilim after the flood. After God destroyed them, uh, their souls could not ascend or descend. So that's where we get the demonic energies on the earth. That's where you get demons. Um, a lot of people say, oh, aliens are demons. Well, that's just not true. But aliens may very well be the father of the souls that walk the earth um, that are the demons, that are the, the souls of the Nephilim, which are the hybridization of humans and what I believe is extraterrestrials or the gods or the sons of God. Because just because they're extraterrestrial doesn't mean that they're not the sons of God doesn't mean they're not angels. 
uh, we like to think of angels in a much different way. Now, I believe that these entities, these extraterrestrials, can easily manifest themselves in spirit and show themselves in the form of a man on earth or uh, even avatar through someone else if they so please. I, I believe that that's... Uh, it was Steve Jobs read a book called Universal Consciousness. And it's all about the universe being able to project ideas through people. And I think that that... Um, that that is possible through God's consciousness or what I call Christ consciousness, but I believe that's also possible uh, through these entities, these angels who can work through other people. And it's not always the work of the Lord, by the way. So, um, all right. So moving into chapter five, now that I've rambled for a while, any questions, drop them on here. Thank you guys for watching. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Facebook. Thank you, TikTok. Uh, and if you're listening on the podcast, thank you for being here. We're going to get into this and kind of catch up before I jump off here. So get some more caffeine going here. So chapter five, the book of the words of righteousness, the book of the words of righteousness and of the reprimand of the eternal watchers in accordance with the command of the Holy Great One in that vision I saw in my sleep. What I will now say with a tongue of flesh and with the breath of my mouth, which the Great One has given to men to converse therewith and understand with the heart. He has created and given to man the power of understanding the word of wisdom. So hath he created me also and given me the power of reprimanding the watchers, the children of heaven. So right away in verse three, we have a clue uh, that's exactly why I titled this today, Decoding Faith Through the Book of Enoch. Because Enoch is already saying something that you will never, you, you will very rarely hear in a church. And that is that we have, that man, humanity has the power of understanding the word of wisdom. We don't need a preacher to tell us. We don't need a guru to tell us. We are the guru. We have the ability to understand if we serve the Most High, He equips us with all good things. We do not need a guru. You don't need me. Um, now, we need each other as a church, as a body of believers. We need each other as a, as a one, one love, one, one world. Uh, but we don't need, I don't need to tell you this and you don't need to tell me something. We can all figure it out for ourselves. Now, the reason that we have people like me out here doing this is because most people don't even realize this. Most people don't realize that they have inner power, that they have inner connection to the Most High God. They don't realize that the very reason they're even alive is because of that universal energy. Oh, we got a comment over here on Facebook. There is a theory that O negative RH uh, neg blood comes from a giant race of watchers. Any thoughts on that? I've definitely heard that multiple times, um, and I'm pretty sure that's what my bloodline is, but I couldn't tell you exactly. I need to look that up, and I need to look into that. Um, I would not doubt it. Let me just say that. Our human genome is so interesting, and if you watch any any information on it. You know, we used to think it was just a double helix and that was it. And the more we research and look into it, uh, we have a double helix and then you have like little knots that hang down and they're like their own little helix and then it continues on. And so there's some weird anomalies showing up 
uh, in the last, you know, 100 years or so. Uh, or maybe we're just now able to see them. But it's almost like something was repaired in our DNA in that double helix. And it's very interesting. And the fact that we even have DNA, to me, just proves a creator. Uh, because it, we are a computer. We're a computer that's hooked up to the network of the cosmos. And most people, again, you're not going to hear that at church. You're not going to hear that uh, in a synagogue. You're not going to hear that on any traditional faith channel. And that's why I'm here to do this. Because your DNA is so special. Um, and I don't care if it's DNA that came from the Watchers or DNA that came from the bloodline of Christ or whatever. You know, there's theories on that all the time. I believe that what Christ did gave us the ability to repair anything that is that has been hijacked from us, whether it be at the genetic level, the spiritual level, uh, the physical level, whatever that is. I believe that he, what he did was so powerful that it reversed all of this stuff, all of the, the watchers landing on Mount Hermon. That's why I recommend the book, Reversing Hermon by Dr. Michael Heiser. I don't agree with every single thing he says. Um, he's a lot smarter than I am, but... Uh, there are some things I feel like God has revealed to me, and I think that they fit in perfectly with his theories, but he doesn't quite, he doesn't quite go there. Um, and maybe one day he will, but uh, one of the, the things is, is he proposes that Yahweh is the most high God, and I do see a lot of evidence for El being the most high God and them being different. And, and the live stream the other day about Job, um, I talked about how... Um, there's literally different names for God in Job. And then you see two different gods and Satan talking. And it's very, very thought-provoking. And I highly recommend start reading with open eyes. Don't just take what I tell you or anyone else tells you. Because that's exactly what the Matrix wants you to believe. And the Matrix, I don't talk about that to be overly mystical. I mean, our physical world is literally a Matrix. This is a virtual reality for our spirits and we are here to interact with this and find out if our spirit will go back to God, will break free from that matrix. And again, I believe Christ did that, but we have so many people trying to confess his name and go down to the altar and say, uh, you know, I want to be saved rather than uh, realizing that he is not, he is a savior, but he's also our release and our return and our reversing of anything that was hijacked and we can return to him now. The kingdom is here now. Um, so glory be to God. Love your message. Thank you, John. I appreciate you being here. Uh, Vince, thank you for following the host. God bless you. So anyway, as far as the bloodlines go, I don't know. I'm not a geneticist at all. Um, in fact, a lot of this is over my head, but I'm just dumb enough to talk about it, I guess. So if you like that, do consider supporting me over at cubcooker.me, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.me. You can buy all the books I'm talking about there. You can make a one-time donation. You can join the Patreon, uh, and you can just follow me on all socials. That helps a lot, too. We're finally getting monetized on a lot of different channels, so uh, that's very helpful over on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. All of those channels, really, really helpful, so... Uh, do you read Meister Eckhart? I have not. I've heard uh, a lot about him, but I have not read it uh, or any of his work. But um, 
And if you have any recommendations, drop them down below. I would love to. Um, a lot of what I'm sharing with you is what I believe is inspired, what I believe uh, God is breathing through me. Um, again, I was even going to go to church this morning and I just kept hearing this voice of like, you know, you have the opportunity to pour into people and I'll pour more into you or you have the opportunity to go to church and uh, try to find some rest and respite from all of this. And I just chose to come home and trust that God will pour. I was literally on the road to church. And then I just chose to come back home and do this because I believe this is the work God's called me to do. And I believe that time is short. So uh, Ruby says, uh, hi, I am new here. Ruby's Colorful World. Love the name. That's awesome. Well, welcome, Ruby. Um, we talk about all things faith, spirituality, uh, specifically the Book of Enoch, UFOs, uh, what we're really a part of here and what Christ did for the entire world not just the Christian church, not just the Jewish people, um, but everyone. Like, and, and, and not in a way where you're going down to the altar accepting his name and all of that, but you're, you're letting him actually become you and realizing that what we really are, and that's what he came to unlock. He spoke in esotericism. Everything he said was in parable. Um, and if you read some of the lost gospels, it even gets deeper into the parables. So... Uh, question, are there other books of Enoch like, uh, the Bible? So, uh, I have on my website, the books of Enoch, and it has a bunch of different books that were found from different translations. That's what's cool. Some of them in Greek, some of them in, um, let's see, what were they? Aramaic, um, Latin, different, uh, translations of them. So all of them been translated into English now. Um, but you know, they found them all over the place and, um, it was pretty obvious that this teaching was, uh, pretty well known in the time of Christ. So, um, now the church in Ethiopia has Enoch in their Bible. You can get the Et Sefer Bible, which has book of Enoch in the beginning of it. You know, it's part of the creation story there. You've got Genesis and then Enoch, um, and then it goes into Exodus and, and so on and so forth. Um, but you know, I think it's important to read just because it's so weird and wonderful. And I honestly don't get to read a lot of it on the podcast because we talk a lot about it. We talk about the subtext and behind the scenes. So that's why I have it on the website. It helps support my channel, but also, uh, for you guys. And then the audiobooks over there too on audible. So, um, can you make the difference between spirit and soul? Okay. That's a good question. I don't know the difference. I don't know if there is a difference. Um, I've heard people say that there's a difference. I don't, if, if there is, it is above my head. It is above my spiritual understanding so far. Um, the, the word for spirit is ruach in the Hebrew Bible, um, meaning wind or breath. Now, I believe I practice that holy breath every day just by taking a breath. I believe that we have the Holy Spirit just by being alive, by being able to stop and breathe and be comforted and hear God's voice and realize we're connected to him. Um, now, the soul, a lot of people talk about the soul having like a place to go and being its own intelligent entity. Um, I don't know. And I don't know if the spirit and the soul are different. I know that when a person passes on that there's a measurable weight exchange 
Um, it's like 32 grams or something like that. I can't remember exactly. Uh, Dan Aykroyd talks a lot about it on the Joe Rogan podcast. But it is, um, it's a noticeable change that they can actually uh, measure with some sensitive instruments to go, okay, this person has passed on and something has left their body. That is mind-blowing to me. Um, you know, is the spirit energy and the soul is some sort of encoding on the physical realm? I don't know. I don't know. Um, again, that's all fun stuff to think about, but, um, I wish I had the answer. I wish I had more answers. Uh, I wish I did something normal like, uh, I did when I was in marketing or, uh, video production or photography. Um, this is the path I've chosen and it's the path that God has been providing for me on. So I feel like, uh, this is where I need to be. I, I feel it in my heart and I think, I think we need to be led by our hearts because that's what God has put in us. That is an energy source. You know, we actually have an electromagnetic magnetic field around our heart. And when we live with intention and we read these words in Enoch and we hear things in Enoch like, um, let's see, the power of understanding the word of wisdom. Like, feel that. When you, when you hear something you know is true, feel it. Don't just... Um, don't just hear it and internalize it. Understanding means that it hits you here and you can project it back into the universe and into people around you. You know, look at the life of Christ. Everything he did and said was not just a, a nice little saying for, you know, good enlightenment. Um, and then he would go to the cross later uh, to be able to save the modern evangelical church. That's that's not at all what he was here for. You know, he was very intentional in what he said had feeling and he projected that on people and when the woman reaches out and touches his garment and he says your faith has healed you he didn't say i healed you you're welcome peace he said your faith has healed you and that is so so important so uh what should you do uh when you hear complete bs bruce what's up man um when you hear complete bs um that depends on who's telling you it's complete bs so uh, Bruce, uh, you have, you, you have a big BS radar, a lot of what you hear, uh, and I love you brother, but, uh, you've been on here before and a lot of what you hear is, uh, an immediate reaction to, oh, that's BS. Um, so I say, keep an open heart and open mind about things. And that's what I do. Even when I hear something, I go, that's total what I like keep listening and keep looking because, uh, if you keep coming back here, there's a reason, man. There's a reason. So you're either coming back here to be a troll or something's guiding you to this channel and you need to hear something that's on here. So keep that in mind too. Just because you don't agree with it at first doesn't mean it's not something that you absolutely uh, need to hear. Yeah, because most uh, woo is complete BS. Uh, and I'm not here to speak woo either. That's, you know, I'm not here to just, oh, we're all whatever. You know, I know a lot of people pin me as that, but I'm here to um, to try and decode some of this and actually look at what the Bible says, look at what other spiritual texts say, and try to put it together in a way that we can all go, okay, interesting, I get it. Because we've lost so much, guys. You know, you got to think in the earlier peoples, they had direct contact with their gods. They had direct experiences with their gods. What are our gods now? We have TV and media. That's what that's what we have direct access to. 
Yet I propose we have absolute access to the universal consciousness, to God. Uh, so, um, let's see, uh, what exactly is a troll? A troll is someone who comes to just kind of sit under the bridge of someone and every chance they get, you know, they can throw rocks up at them. So, uh, that's what a troll is. So don't be a troll, Bruce, be a seeker. If you're a seeker, then you're welcome here. Uh, if you're a troll, then, uh, go throw rocks at someone else. So, um, anyway, and I mean that in love. So, um, but anyway, getting back to the study here, uh, let's see, uh, no, uh, verse four in chapter five here. So Enoch goes on to say, I wrote out your petition in my vision. It appeared thus that your petition will not be granted unto you throughout all the days of eternity. And that judgment has been finally passed upon you. So these watchers, these fallen angels, these gods, these sons of God, whatever you want to call them, they are asking, basically, they're going to God saying, hey, we're sorry, forgive what we've done. But what they did was so evil, so demonic, so much caused the fall of this beautiful creation that El Most High created, that they made out of that creation something that did not honor God. And that, I think, is a very... And we may only read through verse four or five here because I think that, again, there's another spiritual truth right there. How many times do we take what God created, including ourself, including our faith, including uh, our Bibles and our spiritual texts, and we make them into something that does not honor him, that does not honor universal consciousness and truth and love and light. And that's exactly what Christ came for. And when we fashion them into dogma, we fashion them into religiosity or churchianity, or we try to fashion our belief systems into some sort of one, two, three process or methodology, what are we doing? We're just creating idols out of our actual spiritual place in this universe. And that is probably, uh, Enoch sounds a lot like fan fiction. Uh, Enoch, you know, uh, like most of the Bible and most spiritual texts absolutely does. But I propose that we do not live in a mundane flesh world. Uh, we are in this matrix of flesh and that we are spiritual beings ready to get out and play, love each other, love God and uh, spread light around the universe the way we were created to do. So that's what I believe. Um, and like I said, don't take my word for it. Read it for yourself. Try to understand it for yourself because spiritual knowledge or gnosis is only good for the person that gets it. And I believe that's what Christ came is to unlock that within us. So if we're having these experiences with Jesus and we go down to the altar and we accept him into our life, it should be unlocking something in us, not just a place where we go back to for comfort, but a place where we start to actually arise as a spiritual being and understand things and see through the matrix and see true reality. So that's what I propose. And if we're not having that experience, then maybe we just had an emotional reaction rather than a spiritual reaction. So uh, I wrote out your petition in my vision. So he's having visions. Um, judgment has been finally passed upon you. He's talking to the watchers, the angels. Your petition will not be granted unto you, and henceforth you shall not ascend into heaven unto all eternity. And in bonds of the earth, the decree has gone forth to bind you for all the days of the world. So, 
that would explain why we still have extraterrestrials messing with our planet or living on our planet or even living under our planet. Uh, you have all those theories about them living underground or coming out of the ocean or in Antarctica or whatever. And I'm not here to, to say what's true in that or not, but I'm just saying, look at, look at the mythology, look at Enoch here. And I say mythology, not as in it's not true, but all spiritual texts that we have are an amalgamation of people's experience at the time. And they didn't always have the right words for it. Yes, it was probably God inspired. I believe Enoch was, but he also, uh, these stories were passed down since he didn't actually write it. So, uh, let's see. Uh, so how is what you're saying? Not just a word salad. Well, Bruce, uh, we all need salad, man. We all need salad. Get you some salad, man. Uh, because words are things that create, they are things that, um, that have deep spiritual meaning and literally change the reality around us. And a lot of times what we formulate by the world standard that sounds nice um, has no creative power in it. And a lot of times when we flow and we let the Spirit speak through us or let our Spirit or the Holy Spirit speak through us, uh, we end up with some wisdom and some prophetic and some beauty that we wouldn't have otherwise by trying to write a nice sermon or do something that's, you know, a good book or something like that. So, I mean, you read Enoch and it sounds like word salad because it's, it's chopped up while well, we're missing pieces of it. When we channel something from the Holy Spirit or from our spirit, we don't always get every fragment of it out. So that's that's part of why, even if you read the words of Christ, that sounds like word salad too, because he said, I speak in parables, I speak in spiritual things so that those who are spiritual will understand. And so that's an important distinction too. So, uh, so what if you don't actually think you require a redeemer? That's totally between you and the universe, Bruce. I'm not here to tell you one way or another. Um, but obviously, let me just say something, Bruce. Whoever you are behind the name, uh, you are coming back to my channel for a reason. So let those words penetrate into your soul and understand that if you're coming back here, it's not just to throw rocks at me. It's because there's something here that you know you need that your higher self knows that you need. Uh, and whether it's in my channel or other people's channels like this, I don't care where you find it. But I do pray and I do believe that you're here for a reason. So um, anyway, so that's all I'm going to say to you, Bruce. Uh, this is not the Bruce show here. This is the Cub Cooker show. So love you, brother. But that's all the questions I'm going to answer from you today. So um, let's see. And previously you shall have seen the destruction of your beloved sons and ye shall have no pleasure in them, but they shall fall before you by the sword. So, you know, he's predicting and prophesying here the destruction of these demonic children of the, uh, the angels, basically, you know, between the, the women of the earth and the angels, they've created this race that are, what they call the men of old or men of renown. And it would be myths that you have, like in the Epic of Gilgamesh, the giant and that you have in uh, the uh, David and Goliath, you have uh, lots of other mythological uh, and even biblical tales of giants. So, um, and again, these giants weren't just like, 
you know, nice creatures. It's like, oh, it's my friend the giant next door like you see on Disney movies. It's, uh, these things were literally ruling towns and, and divisions of people. Um, and they were big and powerful and they had, uh, probably had second sight where they could see spiritual things and wield magic and things like that. So, and all of that I believe is real. So, uh, Bart says Nephilim. Absolutely. June, what is up? Welcome. Thank you for being here. Greg, thanks for joining. Uh, got any questions over here on Facebook? Y'all ask me. Uh, sorry if I've missed them over here. So verse seven, and your petition on their behalf shall not be granted, nor yet on your own, even though you weep and pray and speak all the words contained in the writing which I have written. So that's very interesting. Um, this is God talking. So what is the writing that he has written? Um, is that the word? Is that the logos? Is that the computation of the universe? Is that what was manifesting Christ? Um, I don't, I don't get that part. Uh, I'm, that's above my pay grade, but, and the vision was shown to me thus behold in the vision clouds invited me and a mist summoned me and, and the course of the stars and the lightning sped up and hastened me and the winds in the vision caused me to fly and lifted me upward and bore me into heaven. So this is synonymous with abduction, um, uh, testimonies that you hear from the 80s, 90s, 2000s, all, all, all in our modern times. Uh, you know, you have uh, a mist, you have uh, feeling like you're kind of in a vision in and out of it, you have uh, star and lightning, you can uh, feel the movement, the lift, um, and so that's literally what Enoch is describing, and this is happening in the beginning of our histories, in the beginning of our understanding of faith and spirituality and religion. So uh, if that's happening then, and we're still having it happen now, people say, well, why don't we have experiences with God like we used to? Well, because a lot of the things that we considered God were one of the gods. And they're like little g, not big g. God, El Elyon, Most High God, God the Father, the one that Christ prayed to and said that he is of the Father. Uh, that's a different thing altogether who cannot be accessed by this airship or uh, these experiences of being taken up. Uh, he is spirit. He said, my, you know, I must pray in spirit and truth for my Father is in spirit and truth. So... Uh, very, very big, uh, six fingers too. Yes, I believe that Bart, definitely. Um, so anyway, very, very interesting here. You know, just think about that. Think about what you've seen. If you've ever watched the movie Fire in the Sky or Communion, uh, or read the book Communion, um, you hear about these things. And, and I think there's all different races of these angels, these angelic beings, these extraterrestrials. We think they're from other planets. Uh, when we don't have a clue that they're interdimensional beings, that they're traveling not just through the stars, but through realities um, as these angelic beings. And it doesn't, by understanding that they're extraterrestrials, does not take away their divinity. Um, and so, again, what we think of, an, of as an angel with a halo and wings is not what we're, we're hearing in the Book of Enoch with the angels or the sons of God or the watchers. Uh, it's a very different experience, and, and if they're making these giants on the earth um, and doing these experiments, and it, there's something totally different going on here. So, 
And then I and I went in and I drew nigh to a wall which was built of crystals and surrounded by tongues of fire and it began to affright me. So if you're Enoch and you see a bunch of computer screens and LEDs and uh, crystals, and I believe real crystals because I believe these things harness energy in crystals. That's why we have to be careful with crystals on this earth. You never know what memory you're accessing through those crystals. I have a salt crystal back here. It's just a man-made, you know, salt crystal from a salt mine. So I'm not worried about that. But some people that have different ancient crystals are ones that have been passed down in their family. We have the crystal skulls that we believe extraterrestrials left here. And they're almost like scrying devices where you can see into other futures or realms or the multiverse or whatever. Uh, and all this sounds crazy, guys, but go go look it up. Go research it. Listen to some of Joe Rogan's podcasts. Listen to anything that Dan Aykroyd says. Um, he's incredible when it comes to understanding all of this. Um, his whole family has been spiritual mediums for like his entire life. And um, I'm not saying where he's getting that power, but I'm just saying he does have some understanding that we can go, aha. And so he even made his own uh, vodka after uh, the Crystal Skulls and put it in Crystal Skull bottle uh, fashioned after the real Crystal Skulls. That's how interested he was in this. So, um, 683 days until you eat your words. Interesting. Enoch Walksog. Um, is that a prophetic uh, uttering or what? what's up with that? So, um, I hope I don't eat my words. I'm just here to share what I feel like God is pouring through me. So, I don't really understand these people that are on here being prophetic and saying, you know, this is going to happen then and I'm a time traveler and blah, blah, blah. I think that's gotten out of hand because as far as I'm concerned, I don't understand the spiritual realms. I don't understand the heavenly realms. I'm just putting pieces together that I feel like God has allowed me to see. And so that's why I'm here. And I thank you, by the way. Um, no, it's fact only he has the power Absolutely, I believe only he has the power. El has the power. El Elyon, God Most High, has the power. Uh, so I don't know who you serve, Enoch Waxog, um, but I believe El has the power, all power. So, And that's why we're reading Enoch, because he's judging these lower beings with their temporary power and their uh, bondage of humanity in the flesh, and, and Christ came to unlock that in us. So... Um, you don't, so you don't tell people bull. Okay, all right, well, thank you. Um, oh, he's placed in Metatron. Okay, yeah, I don't understand that whole methodology, and that's not what this channel's for, so. Um, when you share your faith as you see fit. Amen, share your faith as you see fit. I appreciate that, Robert. You know, you got people on here like this guy, Enoch Waxog here, uh, not to call you out, but there's trolls everywhere, and it's like... Um, We've got to understand that there's a lot of discouragement going on right now from us sharing our spiritual experience, from us sharing our truth. And I don't mean our truth is that oh, everybody's is true. I mean that we each live in our own little version of our reality and God shows us unique things and we have unique gifts. That's part of my mission here is to help unlock your unique gifts, help unlock mine. Uh, so that we can serve God's kingdom, which is within us, um, and break free from the matrix and from the bondage of the watchers and the gods and the 
constructs and the religions and the faiths and everything that we have and the dogmas, the churchianity, the religiosity, all the constructs that we have to understand who we really are, IRL, in real life. So, um, uh, wait until you see the Son of Man raises you, uh, know what happens, and you will see. Oh, absolutely, I believe. I believe in that. I definitely believe in Revelation. I definitely believe in the prophecy. I believe he's coming back for his church. Um, and I'm just trying to help pave the way. That's all I'm doing. So I totally understand what you're saying. Uh, Kiwi says, uh, what's up, Kiwi? Thank you very much. I appreciate you. And thank you for following me. Ah, sorry, I almost closed the app here. So, uh, so what's up with the Chupacabra, bro? Um, I think all of those weird creatures have to do with more of the uh, experimentation of the Watchers or the Fallen Ones or the extraterrestrials. We see that some of them, like the leaders of them, are in chains, but I think there's still plenty of them running around um, messing with stuff. I think God still sends his angels to take care of our planet, too, that are going up back and forth into the heavens, and then we see the ones going into the earth. I think they're trapped here and I still think there's a war going on with them, a cosmic war. So, um, again, 683 days. Enjoy your false teachings. Thank you, Enoch Waksog. I appreciate your, um, your, uh, whatever here. Let me see. There's gotta be a way. Yeah. Boom. Goodbye. I don't like it when people uh, jump in under the name of what I'm teaching. I'm teaching about Enoch here, and somebody named Enoch is coming in trying to troll on this. So, yeah, I blocked him too. Thank you, Kiwi. Um, that's the problem with TikTok. I love TikTok, but you get a lot of people on here that are just out of control. Accounts like mine are trying to genuinely help people and love on people and uh, get people to think. Um, and then you get people uh, jumping in here that are just, just full of crap. Sorry, sorry about my language, but um, anyway, so uh, in the book of Joshua, read about AI. Fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. AI is all over the Bible. Like uh, even the image in uh, Revelation, the, the image of the beast uh, with the false breath of life uh, being breathed into it. Super interesting stuff, guys. Uh, I used to be a diehard Catholic. It was very religious, but something personal happened, felt lost. Ruby, welcome to my world. I grew up Methodist. My whole family uh, on my dad's side is Catholic. So uh, I found myself being more spiritual. Absolutely. Um, and, and Ruby, I just say go with that because, you know, you got people out here too. And it's not just the guy that I just blocked. It's not just the guy earlier. Uh, you're getting it from every side. I, you know, I hear people that are like, oh, I agree with you, but be careful. You're, you're inviting demonic things. Be careful. You're being new age. Be careful. You're what I'm just looking at what the text says. I'm just looking at what all we have are these documents. And if this is what people want us to go by to build our faith on, then let's look at what they really say. Well, if we can't do that, then let's look at our inner truth. Well, you can't look at that because that's new age and then you'll deceive yourself and blah, blah, blah. I'm just telling you all the stuff, there's stuff, there's stuff everywhere. Everyone has an opinion and it's all just stuff. Look at what Christ actually said and it ties everything together because he was truth, he was life, and he did sacrifice himself so that we could break free from the gods, from the bondage of the watchers, 
from the fall of man. It's not because we're bad. It's because what we've been put into is fake. It's a dream that we're in right now. And by being in that dream, we're deceived just by being in that dream. And so the only way we cannot be deceived is to live in our spirit self and reconnect that to the Father. And that's exactly why Christ came, so that we could ascend back to the Father now. And the kingdom of heaven can bear within us now. And we could be witness to it on this earth. That is the gospel, guys. Uh, That is the gospel. So uh, let's see. Kiwi said, me too. Uh, Ruby's colorful world. I agree with you. Kiwi says, facts, Kiwi. Thank you guys so much. Yes, yes, yes. Loving, hearing, truth. Thank you, uh, Shush. I really appreciate you. And thank you guys for the encouragement. Um, some some days on here I get a lot of encouragement. Some days it's crickets. And some days I get a lot of shade like I did today. Uh, you got people on here trolling and it just gets so annoying. So, uh, Holly, Holly Ray, what is up? Welcome. Facebook won't let me comment. I know it's so annoying. Um, Hebrew, Yahweh, or the sound of breath. So, uh, Holly, what we were talking about, uh, Holly Ray, what we were talking about earlier, and I will try to teach more on this, but I do believe that Yahweh is one of the gods and El is the most high God. El is the spirit creator that created all the computations, created everything in the universe. And Yahweh is one of the makers because in Genesis it says, let us create man in our own image and so that kind of harkens to this story with the watchers creating their own race again we don't know exactly which one is all true but if you read even in job i was doing a study in my church um and the pastor's preaching on job well as i'm going through it i'm seeing two different names for god and you can go well oh it's it's grammatically whatever you know in the hebrew well then you look at it and it's in the same sentence and literally the Lord is talking about God because he fears God. Why would he talk about himself in third person? That that doesn't make sense by anyone's, anyone's book. Uh, so if you start to dig into that and then you realize that there's a most high creator and there's a hierarchy of gods, those gods were supposed to take care of the earth. They're supposed to take care of people. They did not do a good job. And the day of reckoning and judgment is not really for us. It's for them. And it's for, are we serving them or are we serving the Most High? And I believe that's what Christ came to reveal. So that's my little Gnostic view of it. But um, let's, thanks, I'll continue to research. Appreciate you. Thank you, Holly Ray. Uh, Yeah, and I say that not, like, I don't want to throw your faith off at all. uh, But it is a rabbit hole that, like, once you start going down it, you can't unsee it. But then you start going, okay, El, Elyon, Most High God. And then you realize that Christ was talking about, uh, the one father, the most high God, that, that's who he's talking about as well. He never mentioned the name Yahweh. He never talked about that God. Uh, I even found on one of my live streams the other day a coin where they put Yahweh on it. He's in a chair with wings. Uh, he's got a headdress on. You know, he looks like an extraterrestrial being. And I don't believe God is an extraterrestrial being. But I believe he created extraterrestrial beings who are much higher in consciousness and power than us. And they like to wield their power on the earth and bring storms and stuff like that. I think they manipulate our planet way more than we think. Um, and that's a big part of what the judgment of Christ coming is, is not just to sort people, but it's to just return creation back to the Father uh, from the other created beings. So uh, let's see. All three, one, yet uh, titles we get caught up on. Absolutely. 
I agree. We do get caught up on titles. So, but I do think there's a lot of deception around Yahweh worship um, or lesser God worship versus most high God worship. You know, we try to just say, well, he can be whatever he wants. Well, of course he can. But Jesus literally said, my father is spirit and you must worship in spirit and truth. Well, where in scripture is Yahweh spirit? He's not. He comes with a thunder. He comes with a furnace. He comes with a fire. He manifests in the bush to Moses. He asks for blood sacrifice. And then we try to reconcile that and we say that, well, Jesus is the blood sacrifice to satisfy God. Well, that doesn't make sense either because, well, why is, why if his father is spirit and truth and love and light, does he need a blood sacrifice? Why is Christ not the sacrifice to satisfy the gods and say, eat of my flesh and leave the flesh and the spirits of my children alone? Mm. Good stuff there, guys. Good stuff. So don't take my word for it. Look into it for yourself. God is one. Amen. Absolutely. Christ said that too. Everything was created through Jesus. Nothing can be created without him. He is the essence. He is pure logos, the word of God, the divine computation. Um, and he, he came to reveal who we really are. The kingdom is within us. He is within us. He always has been. And he doesn't come to put something new into someone. He comes to awaken something in someone. Amen, Kiwi says. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, one more question. Promise. There are over 30 Bible versions. Catholic King James, the Book of Enoch, the same. So the Book of Enoch is separate. It is not actually in like the canonical Bible. Canonical meaning... Uh, it was created as a canon saying, hey, these are these are approved scriptures. We believe they all go together. We believe that they're all God-inspired. But I believe that humanity has been under a deception for a long time and that that canon is not necessarily, while it is good for uh, building you up in faith, it is not all there is. And there's plenty more that God has revealed, including Book of Enoch is separate. Now, if you get an Ethiopian Bible, Enoch is in it, but it's not in the Western Bible. You're just not going to find it here, and you're not really going to find it in uh, England either. So um, so it is a separate book. If you want to buy it, it's not going to be in uh, that version of the Bible unless you get an Ethiopian translation, uh, which is, is very hard to find here in the West. So uh, some old, 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 like pre-King James Bible. Like I know some people have these Bibles that have been passed down for generations, and I've seen where some of these that are like literal antiques have Enoch or fragments of Enoch in it. So uh, really, really cool. So, But again, I think it's worth reading because it just adds so much subtext to the Word of God, to Scripture, because I believe it is the Word of God. I believe it is the experience of the Word of God, the experience of heavenly realms, the watchers, I believe it helps tell our origin story, reveal who we are, and reveal who Christ really was and what he actually came to do and accomplish. And it wasn't just to save a bunch of lowly sinners. It's not what we are. We're beings of light trapped in this flesh. And he came to, uh, to buy that back, to ransom us back from the gods. And that's what I believe. So... Uh, again, take it with a grain of salt, do your own research, but start to read Enoch and then go read through your Genesis and kind of your regular Bible that you have on the shelf, whatever translation it is. I, I'm not too worried on that. I like King James or Young's literal translation. Young's literal translation is going to take the Hebrew or the Greek and kind of give you the literal word for that. It doesn't always read nicely, 
uh, and nicely by, you know, fluently. Some of it's like a little stark because the Greek and the Hebrew are very stark. If you go do interlinear, I like the interlinear Bible too. But they're words that mean what we don't have them mean. I have a Christian standard Bible and I'm reading through it in Job. And it says, in fact, let me pull this up for you guys. I'm just going to pull up Job 1 for you and give you an example because this will blow your mind. Um, because, you know, I'm just sitting here reading this the other night in church with the pastor. And I'm going to bring up the Christian Standard Bible just so you can experience what I experienced. So go down the rabbit hole with me here. I hope this, I hope this helps. And you guys on the podcast, uh, thanks for sticking around so long. Uh, but this is what we do here. This is this is our time to go through this and understand this together. So, Job and his family. There was a man in the country of Uz named Job. He was a man of complete integrity who feared God. Okay, he fears God. He fears Yahweh, right? Uh, and turned away from evil. Yet, I don't think that's what it says, and I'll prove in a second. So, um, he had seven sons and three daughters. His estate included 7,000 sheep and goats. 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large number of servants. God was the greatest, or Job was the greatest man among the people of the East. Like, the dude is loaded, okay? And so, he fears God, right? Okay. So, the word for God there is Elohim, big E. Um, also, and, and, and Elohim in this this form that it's used here does not mean plural Elohim. It means uh, one true God or God most high, exactly what El Elyon means, God most high. So he fears El Elyon, God most high. His sons used to take turn having banquets at their homes. They would send an invitation to the three sisters to eat and drink. Whenever uh, a, round banqueting, a round of banqueting was over, Job would send for his children to purify them, rising early in the morning and offer burnt offerings for all of them. And the footnote um, says for a number of them. For Job thought, perhaps my children have sinned, having cursed God, and the word for God there being Elohim, big E, God most high, the one true God. This was Job's regular practice. So he's making a sacrifice to a burnt offering. Why is he making a burnt offering? Uh, because I don't ever see in scripture where El Elyon requires offerings. Uh, but Yahweh does. And that's a distinction that I think is the first clue into the kind of the mass deception we've had in our faiths. Uh, and even they did back then when you see something land on the earth and its name is Yahweh and it comes with thunder and judgment and fire and it needs you to make a sacrifice and it comes and takes that sacrifice. That's something we see on Skinwalker Ranch. If you watch the paranormal show Secret of Skinwalker Ranch that History Channel produced, uh, they are unaliving cattle, these extraterrestrials on that ranch. And as, as fanciful as that sounds, it's really happening. They have radiation levels there. They have, um, you know, people have had issues with getting their brain hit with radiation and having to go to the hospital and uh, crazy, crazy stuff on this ranch. And then this radiation beams are just killing cattle. And then these cattle will be drained of all their liquids and uh, no understanding why. 
yet we see that in Old Testament writings a lot. So notice how when God blesses, uh, he gives land cattle along uh, with descendants. That's pretty interesting, yeah. And then you have these gods coming and taking it as sacrifice. That's interesting. Uh, while you were reading scriptures, my mind went on its run instead of listening. Holy Spirit, awesome. Awesome, that's good. Thank you for sharing. Um, and that, that ties right into what I'm saying. So can't believe I skimmed over that in Job. Uh, why does the church hide this? Exactly, Holly Ray. And that's exactly why I'm here. I don't even think the church hides it on purpose. I think it's been hidden. And that's the nature of esoteric knowledge. A lot of people try to go down the rabbit hole into magic and summoning different realms and stuff. And that's not, when I say esoteric, I mean just hidden in plain sight. And that's really what esoteric means. People try to turn it into uh, these occult practices. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, Christ literally said, I speak in esoteric terms. I speak in parables. Uh, we have that in the scripture here. And I think just those with eyes to see and ears to hear. It's not a school of theology. I think every school of theology is bought and paid for by the gods. And I, I just believe that. It doesn't mean that there's not great people that love God and want truth in their life, but they've been put through this system, and their version of the matrix is that construct. And that's, we have an opportunity to break out of that. So, um, spoken said for me to hush and listen. Okay. Well, I need to hush and listen too. So, um, Arthur Naylor, what is up? Welcome. All right, let me finish Job, even though I'm supposed to be reading Enoch. But this all ties together. So my podcast is a rabbit trail. So welcome to the rabbit trail. But good, good stuff on every episode here. So um, then the Lord said to Satan. Okay, here's interesting. The Lord said to Satan. Okay. Um, oh, let me back up. Okay, so Job does a sacrifice. And then we get to Satan's first test of Job in verse 6 here. One day the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Okay, some translations say the sons of Israel. But the real translation, the actual translation says the sons of God or uh, the angels. It's the sons of God. Same thing we're talking about in Enoch here. The sons of God, the gods, the angels, whatever you want to call them. Those are all like interchangeable terms. Uh, so the sons of God. Uh, came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan. Now the word Lord here, so sons of God, which is sons of the Most High. Lord here, if you if you look this up, and I'm going to go ahead and grab Job. I'm going to open up, and just so you guys know what tools I'm using, I use Bible Hub and Open Bible. So Bible Hub, I'm going to go to Job. If I can find Job here. There's too many words on the page. There it is. Okay. Um, Job chapter 1 verse 6. Because I'm going to show you guys why this is mind-blowing. And, and you'll, you'll question why you've ever missed this. Because I did too. Okay. One day the angels came to present themselves before the... Oh, wait. Now it says angels. Okay. That's in the NIV version. NLT. One day, the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord. Okay, that's interesting. English Standard Version. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves. We move on. King James. A day when the sons of God came to present themselves. Okay, now we're starting to sound the same. 
Um, and so you, you keep reading and it, it's all just a little bit different, but let's look at the actual Hebrew. So I go into the Strong's Concordance here on Open Bible and just click on the Hebrew tab to go look at each verse. And I do this for each verse, any verse I have a question on because it's, it ties all this together and it's mind-blowing. So one day the sons of God, which is B'nai, Strong's 1121, which means a son, so a son um, of God. And this is Ha Elohim, Ha Elohim, which means God's, the supreme God, magistrate. Um, so little e Elohim is God's. Big E or Ha Elohim is the supreme God. Again, God most high, El Elyon. So you see what I'm getting at here? So we have the sons of God, or the angels, or the heavenly host, came to present themselves before the Lord. Okay, now, in the same sentence, we have now the Lord, Yahweh, the Lord. In Strong's 3068, Lord, the proper name of the God of Israel. This is where I think our faith is mixed up. We have tried to make... Christianity about Israel, when faith and Christ, universal Christ, is about the world, about the planet, not just Israel. We have taken some Israel prophecies and mixed them with, now is Israel the true bloodline? I don't know, maybe. I don't know. But I just think that a lot of times we put Israel in there when we need to look at the world. We need to realize that Christ was universal. We need to realize that his message was universal. And you only get into the Hebrew and the Israel as a nation prophecies when you get into things like the writings of Paul. And I believe he had a very uh, strong belief to try to tie Christ back to the nation of Israel to try to try to tie him back to the Jewish and Hebrew roots, um, and then to um, kind of blot out the Gnostic beliefs. And I lean Gnostic, Gnostic meaning um, gnosis, to know, to have spiritual knowledge and understanding. And I believe that's what Christ came for us for. Uh, Ruby's Colorful World, uh, thank you. Okay, I hate to go because I really enjoy your word. Uh, everyone have a beautiful day. Ruby, thank you for being here. Uh, let's see, uh, brother, you are along uh, with all here and everyone else in this moment. We're all learning and taking it in. Amen, absolutely. So anyway, so go read Job. I won't keep going, but right away, you got Yahweh. You have Elohim, God Most High. And you have Satan, Satan, the Satan, the God, Satan, Elohim, the God, the Satan, two different energies, two different beings, spirit beings. And then you have Yahweh, the Lord. Is the Lord really God most high when we hear it in the Bible? Just saying Lord is a term that they would have ascribed to a Lord that came down and lorded over them that had been assigned to people. I believe Yahweh was assigned to Israel as a nation. I believe that Baal was assigned to a nation. I believe that 
you know, you have all of these gods and then you have the war of the gods, but then you have the true God and you have the true plan and you have the true Christ. I don't know. I'm going to leave it there for today because beyond that, I can keep hitting the text and we can do this all day. But I hope what I did today was put a flame right here to open your eye, open your third eye, open your spiritual eyes, help you see through the matrix, help you realize I'm not saying anyone's out to get you. I'm not saying the church is against you. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm not saying your pastor is dumb. I'm just saying I think there's more that God wants to reveal to us uniquely and individually. And let's be willing to look at that and open to that. I go to a church. I don't agree with every word I hear there. But I agree with the universal concepts. And I look and I and I dig and I even make notes on my whole, you know, pantheon of gods and then the true god and the true christ i make notes on all of that as i sit there and i learn and i worship because i'm a part of it i'm not above it i'm a part of it so do you listen to dr michael heiser big 44 yes i do in fact uh reversing herman was the thing that started this insane journey that i'm on now the reason i do this um was i read his book and my whole world changed so uh, and I don't agree with him on every point because he's he believes that Yahweh is the Most High. But um, I think God's revealed other things to me around that, and that's okay. But I continue to learn from him, and I put his book on my my shop over there. Reversing Herman is is amazing, and it ties all this together and why Christ did what he did. Um, and again, I think I've uncovered a few other things that kind of add some extra flavor on top of that, but. The core of that book really got me to where I'm at. So if you haven't read it, go read it. It sounds like you have Big 44. But um, anyway, thank you on Facebook. Sorry that only one person was able to comment. I have no idea. Um, and it may be your comment settings. Like if you have a profile that's set to like <clears throat> friends or whatever and it's not fully public, it may be that type of issue. Because my profile is public. Anyone can follow me on here. Um, it's a professional public profile for myself as an influencer. So anybody should be able to comment or ask questions. Send me a message if you can't comment. If you have a question, I love to talk with people. Um, I do this full time. So I love you guys. Thank you for joining. Hit up my website at cubcooker.me. Cubcooker, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.me. You can donate to me over there to help me continue doing this. You can buy my course over there, which is called God-Given Gifts of Brilliance. It's after my book by the same name. You can get my audio book over there. You can also get the materials I referenced here today. Thank you guys so much. You guys, uh, please like, comment, subscribe. And honestly, share this with a friend or family member. Um, especially if you have someone in your life that you know is kind of like, hey, I think there's more out there. This is a great way. Get them into this ecosystem. We're a really unique community here, and it is growing. We are well over 100,000 strong now on several different platforms, and I am so thankful to you guys. So God bless you. Please consider supporting me on the website. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. Thank you for the info, June says. I started watching your vids on YouTube. Thank you, June. I really appreciate that. Um, and, yeah, I, I look at all the comments every day, so... Uh, YouTube is a great place for you to go get the archive of all of this. And then also on the audio podcast, 
is a great way as well. And then I release like 10 short videos every day on top of the live stream. So um, anyway, thank you guys. I love you. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. And I'll see you on the next one. Peace.